calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Look, I'm new here, so I'm not looking to rock the boat or anything, but, um, what the hell are we doing? We're looking for Dark Bradley. No, no, that part I got, Sova. So, so why are we doing it? I mean, don't we sort of, um, you know, suck? Yelled that tongue before I remove it for you, mate. The only thing we're lacking is a hard frontliner. Now we got the likes of Garn Goraberg, head as hard as his armor, repped as laments a top-tier pack of blokes. No offense, Sova. None taken. I can be a bloke. Besides, you're right. Not everything's about damage per round. We're stalkers and hunters. That's our shtick. Gutter snipes are detectives. Metal and man are gunslingers. We hunt. Fair enough. I didn't mean to rustle everybody's jimmies. I just mean... There's paragons out there looking for him. Paragons? What makes you lot think we got what it takes? Because I know what hunts him. Sorry, Carrion. Forgot you were there. I suppose that means I'm doing my job. What sort of c***s got the poor kid? Did I just get bleeped? Fuck it. It's punctuation. It's like an am or an or. What sort of would bleep c***t? Wait, are we even broadcasting? I would prefer not to use such language. So I set up a minor enchantment. Just in case. Cocksucker m***er. Piece of Huh. Works for more than Kirian made a joke, I think. That's great. Also good for you. I always felt like these two curse too much. Where I come from, Kirsten's a way of life. Well, your life's cry is just rude. You know, for the scolded mate. You said you could mental. What's got our golden boy? Something that should not be here. Something ancient and forgotten. Something... evil. Still reeling from your engagement with Ophidian and the Silver Song, Golden Dragon finds themselves in their respective residences, awaiting a planned training with Pugnacious Stipes, their coach. You were instructed to meet him at the gym a few levels down from you, and that is where you meet him, standing outside of the double doors, waiting for your colorful coach. Iavos is like adjusting something on his belt that none of you saw before. He's like, uh, does this look wrong uh, and he gestures to a dagger that's hanging on his belt he's like i don't usually carry a weapon around <laughs> aside from the obvious uh, but i purchased it at the market before we left uh, it's made of silver but i'm afraid it clashes with all of my 
relics. No, I think it's a good idea, actually. Uh, you should have some sort of weapon. Something might engage you, and unless you can, you know, sort of wizardy blight fingers them, then uh, having something you can stab with is a good idea. I wasn't planning on using it as a weapon of kill. Well, we'll see what happens, but... <laughs> we can rough it up a little bit if you want. Oh, I see. You think it would match my aesthetic if it were weathered. That's fair. <laughs> well, perhaps time will do its job. Time's done its job on you plenty, though. Eh? Pug walks up to you. Ah, Mr. Stipes. He runs his fingers through his blonde mullet and straightens his leather vest. Ah, hope y'all are ready. It's gonna get wild in there. In there? In there. He points towards the gym. Oh, yes. The gymnasium. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Rented this whole thing out for us. The last time I was here, I vomited. <laughs> Hal leans over towards Penny and says, he said it was going to get wild. I wonder if he brought the elephants. <laughs> you walk in with him and inside you find uh, not the gym that Penny was training in or that you, Hal, were training in. This gymnasium seems a little bit smaller and all of the stones seem to be carved with specific runes. There's also a control panel in the corner. This thing here is absolutely beautiful now. I can basically make this out to be whatever I want it to be, but we don't even need that right now. I'm mostly just going to be chatting with y'all. So if y'all want to do some independent training, I'm going to have three of you off, and I'm going to talk to one of you at a time, just so you don't get embarrassed or overwhelmed. Help you? I obviously is staring at some of the runes, not listening now. He's obsessed with this, like, magical script work. Well, that makes sense to me. Sounds good. All right, you three, head off. Hal, you're coming with me. All right. Hey, what's happening? Y'all three. Go and uh, do some independent training together, figure some things out, and uh, I'm talking to Al. Oh, very good. Um, I'll be back for you, he says to the runes. <laughs> You've transcribed two out of 256. <laughs> what are the three of you going to be doing while you're waiting for Hal? What do you suppose we should be training? Combat? Let's work on stacking on top of each other. Literally supporting each other. <laughs> I think it's important that we start by hydrating. Well, I... I'm in an odd space where I don't need to worry about hydration. But if you need to, now is the time. Yes, well, just slugging from a water skin. Gaspar, uh, what happened to your your head? I haven't had time to ask, but your, your dwarf is gone. Yes, uh, the Vries were kind enough to give me one of these. And I can only stop one head from decaying at a time. So I buried the dwarven head. I have many questions about how all this works and your collection of heads, but... I have questions, too, about it. Some of it feels natural, and other times I take a step back and ask, why is this even happening, or how is it even happening? So for all senses, this is your new head? It is, and it gives me quite the different perspective. Fascinating. It's morbid, but very, very cute. Maybe we could practice your echolocation? I intend to work with Pug on that. Well, I will be very careful not to use any loud sonic spells in your vicinity. It could be quite harming. That will be appreciated. <laughs> I do f physically wince with my body whenever loud sounds happen to the head. We should find ways to maximize Gaspar's ability to find enemies' vital spots. It would seem that uh, when someone is distracted with another foe, you have a keen opening. And Penny seems quite fond of getting toe-to-toe -to -toe with our foes lately. Uh, we should utilize this as much as possible, I would say. 
Oh yeah, by the way, there's a <clears throat> there's a damage damper. You're fine. You can't die in here. Bug, is there a uh, way we can simulate opponents? Oh yeah, you just go ahead and uh, that console over there. You should be able to figure it out. Okay. So how about we select a random thing? We all write down what we think are weak points on it, and we confer. Until we, finally we are synchronized on what we think is a weak spot on something. Yes, I think that sounds fine. That sounds like fun. All right, hell. How you been doing? Pug, I'm going to level with you. Please do. This is not the team I ever imagined myself on. <laughs> you don't say. Uh, it's, uh, it all just feels like a giant publicity stunt. The commissioner's first team ever, the first ever plural, the first ever headless whatever he is, the old fucker. <laughs> and then there's me. Mm-hmm. It's just, uh, it all feels so theatrical. Oh, yeah, you're the big shit. It's just, it's, feels, I don't know, I don't feel like a hero, Pug. I don't feel like we're um, doing quests. I feel like we're doing stunts. I don't know what the hell you expected from this. The whole damn thing's a publicity stunt. Anybody who comes into the league thinking it's going to be some kind of noble action is a damned idiot. And look, everybody knows you're the big shit, but the team's more important than you, and it's the cocky rooster who thinks the sum comes up just to hear him grow. You do your job. Everybody knows you're tough. Everybody knows you got uh, you got a good hat on your shoulders, even if it is a little empty. But uh, quite frankly... We get it. You're tougher than a $2 steak. But uh, try not to overthink yourself. This is your team. Now, you could try to find yourself a better one. But in my experience, there's no better team. It's just better teamwork. And so far, y'all seem mostly in sync. be honest, except you. I saw your fight with Ophidian. Hell, you doing abandoning your squad. You got your bard to your left and you walk away from her so you can go after their bard? That's Gaspar's job. He's your assassin. He could take anybody out he needs to from whatever range he does. And with that blind play, he could have handled it. But no, you couldn't let that happen. You had to step two. Pay attention to your surroundings and play the defender like you're supposed to. Ophidian was down. I knocked over Gong before I moved. I was afraid she'd get behind a tent or something. Gaspar wouldn't be able to hit her anymore. She had a round if she was lucky. Before he got up, and he got up, and she was surrounded, which is exactly what happened. And that big hit was meant for you, and we all know y'all could have taken it. Yeah, I suppose that's true. I watched their fight, their mission. I knew why they were there. They were there on purpose. They wanted us to attack Ophidian and Gong. Tie us up, wailing on them, or the other two attacked us. Sure. I didn't really have time to communicate a lot of that, so I told them, go for the other two, and tried to follow suit. Yeah, but you should have been tying them up. See, that's the thing. You think you're smart, but I think we both know you ain't. See, you tie them up while these guys take out the peripheral enemies. You got a fighter and a paladin on you, but you can keep yourself alive without laying on hands at least for a round or two before they come back to save your ass. And they got healing enough to undo any damage they did on you. That's the thing. You just got to think the next step ahead. And that's what I'm looking for from you. That's what we're going to do here. Now, beyond that, though, the big thing I'd like to focus on is that rage you got going. That's some good stuff. But I still think you're holding something back. think you could go the next step a little farther, a little harder. How do you feel about um, maybe willingly putting yourself just a little off balance? Now, you're going to end up a little cattywampus. You'll probably take a hit or ten. 
but like I said, tougher than a $2 steak. And you could chew some leather if that means putting the power players down for good. I think you might be onto something. All right. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to work on two things. I want you to attack me like you ain't worried about putting yourself off balance. In fact, you're hoping you'll put yourself off balance so I'll take a shot and you can deliver a better one back on top of me. How does that sound? Hal activates battle mode. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I'm talking about. Again, you're the big shit here. Nobody's confused about that. But you got to be able to trust these folks. Let's get this done. I want you to tell me how your training in reckless attacking goes. All right. I think Pug probably picks up two shields and clicks them together and says, hit me. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. So he's probably got a, uh, a tower shield and a buckler. Yeah. One for heavy blocks and the other for side blocks. Yeah. And he's mostly trying to get you to get around that big shield and see if you can get past the buckler. Right. And so it takes a little bit. Hal's attacking, but he is holding back. He's used to trying to stay guarded and not take those shots. And eventually he starts getting frustrated because those shields are always where they're supposed to be (laughs) at just the right time. Pug knows what he's doing. He's a pretty high level fighter Mm -hmm. and he just keeps blocking them and keeps blocking them. And eventually Hal lets loose and just bull rushes in, knocks the shield aside and drives in with the halberd probably. Yeah. You manage to effectively drive your halberd clean through his chest, and he starts laughing about it. <laughs> now that's what I'm fucking talking about. Push it hard. You ain't got to be shy about it. Fuck the shield. Fuck getting on the other side. Somebody else is behind me. Doesn't even fucking matter. Once I'm down, you can take them down too. Boy, that's good. You got me sweating like a whore in church. Whew. Hal's rage drops and goes, are you part cleric? Now, Elder tonight, Arcane Trickster. But there's a sword through your chest. Oh, yeah. Oh, we got a aura in here. The kind of fancy uh, doohickey keeps you from dying. That hurts. It smarts, but uh, ain't going to kill me. Unless, you know, you turned it off. Don't, as a kindness. Hal looks around. He's like, why is it so easy to get stabbed in the chest? <laughs> <laughs> Does this not bother people? <laughs> All right. I'm done with your big boy. Uh, Gaspar, why don't you get over here? Yes, coach. <laughs> What are the three of you going to do? Perhaps we should uh, discuss battlefield placement. I feel I haven't been forthcoming enough with the abilities that I have. Uh, Many of my gifts are mysteries even to me until I use them. It would seem that many of the things I have been given uh, have the potential to harm multiple people at once. Uh, For instance, the contents of my sister's bottle prove to be Quite a powerful force, but there was a chance I could have hit you, Hal, and I would have been very guilty about that. Now it's fine to say, don't worry about it, I can handle it. I'd rather not risk it. It's quite potent. Uh, If you notice that I am behind you, and you want to be engaged with an enemy, as you should be, it's your speciality, perhaps even just consider one step to the side when possible. Or being on the outskirts if you have the movement. I don't know, I'm just theorizing. Uh, This isn't my specialty. I can see how that would be a problem. Usually, I'm trying to get into the middle of the group and use the reach of my weapon as much as possible to tie as many of them up as I can. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But uh, you probably need to drop your spells in the same spot, right about exactly the same spot. I know I'm strong, and I know I'm pretty durable. I'm quicker than I look. I can probably dodge most of what you throw at me, at least to a bit. If I can tie them up, I don't mind if you lay a bit of a smackdown on me. I know you can fix it if you knock me out. If the difference in you casting a spell that hurts everything opposing us, or only some of them, is me, 
Don't worry about me. There's three of you. If you happen to knock me out, that's an acceptable casualty. Nonsense, Hal. And you don't have to always be the one tying them up. Now that I have this, and Penny knocks on her shield, I can help you with that. I I was knocked out of the last fight, but if there were just two of them, I could have kept them occupied for as long as you wanted. I'm sure of it. Why don't we practice with that some more? Very good. And I will endeavor to uh, not try to be tempted by the fruit of many targets if I could effectively target one. Uh, let's utilize the reach of that halberd, though. If I can hit the head of it and not your body, well then kudos. Gaspar, my boy. Coach. <laughs> <laughs> Great mobility, strong tactics. You're a good candidate for a team lead. Now here's the thing. You've got a good head on your shoulders. <laughs> your gimmick, it really dills my pickle. I mean, I love it, but I think we can do more. I think you've been underplaying the fact that you got a head you can see from at a distance. I have been trying to figure out who amongst my team is worthy of carrying it in some points. That's a good one, but for now, I just want you to trust yourself. I'm sure you've seen you're very much a maverick on the team. You're able to kind of flow back and forth, do whatever you got to do. And I've got to be honest, thinking about where your head's going to be and how you see from it, I don't know whether to scratch my watch or wind my butt. Now, I got an idea, though. Let me know how this sounds, because I'm going to teach you a trick shot. I like the sound of that. What you're going to do is you're going to learn how to throw your head in the air and use the vantage point to calculate a shot that gets behind cover. Now, I know I can see around the cover, but how would my arrow strike it? That's the thing. Getting a better vantage point means you might be able to figure out ricochets, angles you can cut, ways you can move your body. Now, I know you're a rogue, and we both know you can get yourself some mobility if you need to. I think I see what you mean. So, what this is going to do is it's going to give you a once-per-day ability, whereby you roll a sleight of hand, sacrifice your cunning action for the turn, and lets you ignore cover for your next attack. How does that sound to you? So as long as I can see them, Mm -hmm. I can go around cover Mm -hmm. by ricocheting. Exactly. That's ballsy. I like it. So you get to work on that. What does that look like? All right. So because Gaspar has this Varese head... This is frequencies, clicks bouncing off of different walls. It's like he's calculating an exponential amount of ricochets over and over again anyway. Now, perceiving it and having a crossbow bolt do that same thing is a little tricky. But I think at one point, Gaspar gets kind of comfortable. He's kind of thinking, okay, how can I best use this like triangulation and he works on putting just like a cover right in between him and the target, tossing the head up about 30 feet, getting a sphere of information, and then just sending up the crossbow up towards his head so that it hits his head, hits the trigger, and somehow this is a (laughs) juggling thing. I'm going to assume I miss it over and over and over again. But at one point, I can get it into a general direction that it's not the most accurate thing in the world, but it provides threatening fire in a general direction that strategically Mm -hmm. will be very beneficial to the team. And as you get more and more comfortable with that, you also start practicing with a few other things. 
moving obstacles that move through the air that give you new vantage points, as if this was an awning, or if this was a wall somewhere else, or as if this, this was a person's armor, and different scenarios playing out, one after the other after the other. It takes a long time before you get even vaguely comfortable with it, but eventually you feel like you get a pretty good average hit rate that feels like you're not just hitting a fluke. Yeah, and the best part is, after I go back to just shooting regular shots, they seem so much easier. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, I don't have to think about 75% of this. Mm-hmm. Now, my last thing for you, I need you to get used to driving people back to hell. I got a tactic that I'm going to be playing for you guys, and I want you to practice it up a bit. But we'll get there in a minute. All right, Isadora, let's get this going. Yes, sir, Mr. Puck. <laughs> what do the three of you do? So, I have this new thing that Puck has taught me. I would like to put it into practice just a bit. How about I try to kill Penny, and Hal, you get in my way. Once I finally get a good shot in, we rotate, where you tried to kill me, and Penny tries to protect me. And then we just keep switching until we can find out how to manipulate the battlefield in our favor. I'm in. I would love to fight against two opponents. <laughs> I, I, I look at you two and I say, all right, show me what you can do. Sweet as, bro. <laughs> I toss my head and my crossbow up into the air. <laughs> I make an attack of opportunity and just skewer it. While I <laughs> How's it going, young man? Young man, that's very charming. I mean, I think I got like 50 years on you. On my body, most certainly, yes. No questions asked. Fair enough. And my mind has been awake for a very long time. That's troublesome. It is indeed. <laughs> you know, folks, uh, they like you. That might come as a bit of a surprise, but folks think you're all sorts of interesting. Now, I think you're windier than a sack full of farts. But my daddy always said... If you gave me 10 coppers for a silver, I'd think myself rich, so I don't think my estimation has much struck with you. I think listening to the words of your father is wise. Yeah, okay. <laughs> what are you thinking? I'm a bit troubled, Pug, and maybe you can help me. You've been at this game for a very long time, I take it. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is not something I ever intended for myself. I spent many years sitting at my sister's side, reading through the mysteries of the universe. I spent days and days out in the field working the earth. Months traveling long, distant roads with places I have no memories of. Not here, in the now, using my magic to throw fire and acid at enemies trying to kill me. Yet I find myself not bad at it. Yeah, you're a potent spellslinger. Time was I saw a man like you on the field. I'd be up your tree quicker than a house cat in dog country. Hmm. But something tells me... You can't decide between hard-hitting and buffing your buddies. Keep that up, you'll be about as useful as a trapdoor in a canoe. Yes. It is strong to know where my gifts lie, because I don't fully understand them. It seems, perhaps, based on the fact that our lives are often put in risk, I should focus on damaging others. For now... Is that a problem for you? Guilt is not the only weight that I carry. Look, why are you even doing this, son? I mean, I know you got some truck with the commission, that's fine. But if your heart ain't in it, maybe this ain't the line for you. Just because my heart isn't necessarily in it doesn't mean it's not where I'm meant to be. Uh, external forces have put me here, and I respect them. Right. Well, <clears throat> what do you want to work on? Protecting my friends. I mean, they got protection. 
They can handle themselves. What about you? I need to learn to control the things that I'm doing. Oh. I need to learn how strong my spells actually are. All right. You want to put some serious hurt down, eh? I want to know what I'm capable of so that I can both avoid it and specialize in it. <laughs> Boy, I don't get you. If I had your kind of gusto, I'd be dropping it hard. But, all right, I'll give it to you. Well, then why don't you help guide me in dropping it hard? <laughs> that I can do. You know what we're going to do? We're going to work on uh, what you do when you got a spell slayer on you. Because that's the thing, my friend. That's what I used to do. These folks like you I'd come after. So you've been lucky. Everybody comes down on your team, they seem to go after Penny. And that's just that's just gravy for you because you haven't had to deal with somebody real trying to take you down. But if somebody's smart enough like Ophidian, now nah, he, he wasn't trying to hurt you. If he wanted to, he could That little uh, smite trick he pulled on your little friend, that floored you just as good. Most certainly. So I'm going to come for you. And I want you to put everything you got on me. Like you ain't trying to conserve. Like you ain't trying to back yourself up. Like you ain't trying to make sure you got rations for later. Very well, then. And while we're doing it, I want you to run away from me. Because you need to work on your strength and endurance training. Understood. You got to know when to dodge. You got to know when to hit. And uh, this is how you're going to figure it out. So he starts setting to work on you. What does that look like? Iavos starts by running poorly. (laughs) It's very clear that Pug catches up with him at every turn. And when Pug lays upon him, all he tries to do is defend himself. He throws up shields. He throws up cause fear to get Pug to stay away. But he's just tenacious. It wears off. He keeps coming after him. And at some point, the shield shatters and he lets loose an electric uh, hellish rebuke. Mm-hmm. And it just explodes into Pug at full level. And while he's distracted, he uncorks the bottle and just unleashes a torrent of necrotic energy over Pug. Mm. Yeah, you managed to do some serious damage. The kind of stuff that if he was your same level, you could see taking him out. And that's when he decides to turn it up a little. Now, he's using his Eldritch Knight and his Arcane Trickster abilities and his feats specifically for mage killing. And he mm-hmm. starts taking down your spells as you throw them up and trying to get close enough that he can get attacks of opportunity on you. Right, right. I imagine attempting to throw up more shields is uh, Iavos' <laughs> best strategy at that point. What could he do against a spellbreaker? Mm-hmm. There's a moment when Pug is countering every spell that Iavos tries to throw at him, even the magic missiles that in the past had never missed. And when he's charging in with his weapon, uh, Iavos lets out a flash of blinding light. And when Pug's eyes refocus, Iavos is gone. And when he looks back, Iavos is staring daggers at him, holding the plowshare in both hands, its heavy rusted blade horizontal to the earth. (laughs) He looks down at it in confusion before sheathing it and saying, ah, that's enough training for one day, I think. (laughs) (laughs) I say so. I can tell when somebody's not ready for something, but when that bad boy comes out, I'm curious to see what it can do. Ow! Howl yells from the other side as he gets shot because he was watching Iavos hold a great sword for a second. <laughs> <laughs> he gets distracted by Iavos pulling the plowshare and just gets shot. <laughs> All right, that's enough. Penny, get your ass over here. Uh, right away, coach. And Penny, like, prances over on her hooves. Mirthful leaps. <laughs> what do the three of you do together? <laughs> Take a break. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> a nap. I think there are things we can work on here besides just combat strategy. 
Gaspar, there's something you are quite gifted at that me and young Hal seem to be quite lacking in, and it's come up several times now. A staring contest? Yes. A staring contest? <laughs> a staring contest. Yeah, all right. <laughs> I'm in. I'm quite certain <laughs> you would take gold in that one. Uh, moving quietly when threats are about. Ah, yes. I can teach you a few things if you'd like. I think it would benefit all of us. Hal, how attached are you to that armor? Uh, I don't really need it. It's a little bit better than I am without, but I can get by without it. They typically give us a little bit of information about the quests that they're giving us, one after the other after the other. Perhaps we could decide during our loadout phase whether or not it would benefit us to have Halophon in his armor. If stealth seems to be a prerogative, uh, we could leave it behind. True, but even if you have the armor, perhaps us being able to identify a situation that would be an overreach for your capabilities works too. That will tell us when I need to separate from you. But yes, as practice, let's try and sneak up on Pug. Uh, while he's training with Penny? No, I found something great. I press a, a sigil and a illusory copy of Pug comes up. He pops up and says, well, kiss my grits. It's uncanny. <laughs> <laughs> oh. These runes are fascinating. I always presses a couple and suddenly he's wearing a shirt. <laughs> yeah, that's much better. Like a cat trying to bury a turd on a marble floor. <laughs> Hal looks at it and is like, did he program these himself? <laughs> Just because the cat has kittens in the oven, don't make them biscuits. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Benny. Miss Farthing. What am I doing wrong, coach? I keep getting knocked out. I'll be honest, you ain't doing a damn thing wrong. You just had to run a bad luck. See, that's the thing. Folks, they see someone soft and pretty like you, and they think you're going to be the weakest thing on the table. But you ain't. That's the thing. You keep thinking you're doing bad, but every time they come at you, you've been doing a better and better job of standing to them. See, Ophidian, he likes that idea. He likes the idea that maybe you're a target. I think that's why he attacked you. Well, I don't want to be a target. The next time someone tries that, I want to put them down. Well, that's your prerogative, but you got to think about it like this. If you can reliably know that they're going to come after you, even though there's juicier targets about, that means you can also play the tank. You buff yourself right, you cover your own ass, and suddenly, you're a trap. I'm not sure I quite understand what you mean. Well, let's think about it this way. Everybody's thinking you're soft, but you ain't. Especially now that you got that uh, shield. And uh, I saw what you did with that sword. Clearly, you can handle yourself in melee. And that's a good thing. I'm telling you that you don't try to dissuade them from attacking you. In fact, if you're in a tight spot and you notice Ivos is getting targeted, then you and Hal can run a double on them, draw them away, let your boy come in with some real fire. And while we're at it, you can also just play something a little bit softer or a little bit tougher. You can do a lot. I think you're underselling yourself. Penny considers his words thoughtfully for a moment. Okay, coach, what do I need to do? Well, I'll be honest. Right now, you can't seem to decide what you're doing. Am I going to buff? Am I going to try and debuff them? Am I going to heal somebody? Am I going to do some damage? And uh, quite frankly, you look like you're out there with one oar in the water. You get spooked, you start shelling up. But then you also feel like you're kind of neglecting your duties. Now, I've seen you. You've been dropping your responsibility as a bard. You've got that inspiration. Best you get to using it. Especially if you can use it while you're drawing their eye. I mean, setting up Gaspar for a sneak attack, setting up Hal to be able to defend you, giving him them uh, good old-fashioned uh, attacks of opportunity. We can do all sorts of mess. 
That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to summon us some help. He goes over to the console and he summons up a duplicate of your teammates. Do all the duplicates have our catchphrases? (laughs) (laughs) Guidance. (laughs) As if it was written by Pug, though. (laughs) So what we're going to do is we're going to see what you could have done better. Um, I'm sorry. I don't understand again. Now, these boys are here to mimic the positions you were in when you got taken down. And you tell me what you could have done better. So how does that go? Okay. As Penny and all of these doubles are put back into position for the Crucible, other missions, even the fight just now in the market, Mm -hmm. Pug continually tests Penny's ability to be more decisive about her strategy, attacking different members of her party and making her develop discrete strategies for how she reacts to, you know, what if they target Iavos versus what if they target Hal or what if they target Gaspar? Mm. Because she's a powerful support with a wide range of abilities, but she has to be able to decide what she's doing and commit to them. Mm -hmm. And as you start being exposed to the way things go wrong, you're starting to learn priorities. What's more important? That this happens, that this happens, that this happens. And slowly but surely, you're piecing together a library of combat tactics that are effective and valuable for you. And it's going quite well. They iterate these plays over and over and over again with all sorts of different permutations and different happenstances. And Penny begins to learn that her plays go much worse when her teammates are targeted and in turn learns when she's targeted how to take advantage of that. I like it. Your individual trainings wrap up and Pug calls you all together in a bit of a huddle. Heads in. I want to. Pull that one off your net. <sighs> it's in now. <sighs> okay, old man. Just catching my breath a little. Fair enough. I give him two points to lay on hands. I'm just like, you've got this, I have us. <laughs> Let's work on wasting resources later. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now I'm going to show you a bit of a combat formation that might be a little bit more helpful for you. He summons up some duplicates of you, and he shows you a simple tactic. All it is is Hal up front, Iavos behind and one step to the right, Penny behind and one step to the left, and then Gaspar, a rotating satellite. He indicates that as enemies come up to Hal, he has the ability to attack them as they approach or move back into line with you if necessary, giving more opportunities for attack of opportunity. And if somebody decides to go around, you've noticed that Hal can hit them from any adjacent position to you. Everyone every time is always 10 feet away from Hal's strike, which means he doesn't have to put himself directly in harm's way to protect you, and your formation doesn't necessarily have to change to put you in that good position. And with Gaspar in the distance, when anybody tries to attack in any direction, Gaspar can come, flank, and sneak attack. It's a simple tactic, it's a simple formation, but it's one that gives you all the power in your engagement. This brings up many good points. I never thought of it that way. Now, well, this is the kind of thing you learn over time. And honestly, this is not perfect. Just like any kind of martial art, uh, the fighting forms are just a a stepping stone to the next step. Really, you're going to have to learn how to improvise, but this is a power position. This is the kind of position you can deal with. And now you're going to feel nervous about being out on the edge there, but you got to just trust that Hal can handle you. Plus, you're adjacent, which means he can cover you with his defense. True enough. I think this is a very strategic positioning against many enemies. Although, let us keep in mind that if there is a spell cast, we may want to space out, as we are now targeted for a spell like many that I could cast and hit all three of us at once. For sure. 
But yes, against a horde, this is quite effective. Mm-hmm. But even with the spellcaster, now, and I trust me, you get good at this. Taking a hit from a spellcaster isn't always going to be the worst thing in the world, especially when you got people like Hal here and Penny and Iavos who are all healers. That's what I'm trying to get at you. Don't be afraid of taking the damage. Fair enough. Perhaps one day a day will come when I can stop that spell from even happening. Plus, that blessing always helps against him saving throws. Just an idea, but that's all the time we have for today. Y'all head home, get yourself a good rest, or maybe just hang out here for a while. I gotta get going. Thank you very much, Coach. I had a lot of fun. I got to punch a Fidian, but <laughs> it didn't feel quite as good as the real thing. I gotta tell you folks, you're a good team. A damn good team. Some of the best I've seen. You just gotta know how to apply yourself. And honestly, you gotta learn to trust each other. Anyway... Till next time. Blessed in your continuance, Coach. And you and yours. And Pugnacious Stipes steps out of the room and leaves you to your own devices. Let us call this formation the Pug of War. Welcome back to the experience. I'm Warren Rustborough. And I'm, I'm Dirk Bradley. Several teams have volunteered their services in the ongoing search for my co-host, Dirk Bradley. You think they're going to find me, Rusty? While Dirk has been missing for a few days, the authorities believe there is no cause for alarm. Gotta say, I'm pretty alarmed here, Rust. Due to Dirk's propensity for self-indulgence and overall lack of social awareness, it's entirely likely he's unaware that he's even missing. I don't know, Rust. I'm feeling pretty lost. I could use a friend. And if he is, I for one would count myself lucky. That's not very nice. In all my time in this company, I have never felt a moment of affection for him. And any warmth I have shown has been well-disguised professionalism. And nothing more. That tracks. In other more important news, the market will be winding down in two days' time. That's all the time he has left. Two days. What happens in two days? I'm glad you asked, Dirk. The endless dark will fall. The herald has spoken. Despair will come for all, and there can be no escape from the inevitable. Yikes. That's a terrible commercial break. We're about to witness a planar phenomenon. A keyhole between worlds that only marketing can penetrate. Join me as we glimpse into the adverse. I want to take a second to tell you about a podcast I think you'll really like, Mayday. No one is prepared for disaster. No one knows exactly how they'll react in a plane crash, an earthquake, or when a lone gunman decides to open fire. On May Day, you'll hear about the people who had to find out, people whose stories deserve to be heard. Join hosts Maya Nalani and Luke Welland as they tell you about extraordinary people who found themselves in extraordinary circumstances. Listen to May Day wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Hubert, and I'm a bugbear. It's safe to say I know a thing or two about thick fur. It was recently me and my husband's blood bonding ceremony anniversary, and I wanted to give him a gift that he would cherish. So I went to manscaped.com. 
I got him the Performance Package 4.0. It came with the Lawnmower 4.0. Their fourth generation trimmer features cutting edge ceramic blades to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology with a 7,000 RPM motor and a 400K LED spotlight. Not to mention it's waterproof for in the shower. Perfect to get ready for hot, bugbear summer. And a weed whacker for nose hair removal. What also came with a bottle of toner and deodorant for your freshly trimmed regions. Not to mention some very cute anti-chafing boxers. Now he feels clean and confident all the time and smells great. Just between you and me, I ordered it so I could try it for myself. Take it from someone who knows about hair. Nothing will clean you up and leave you fresh like Manscaped. Use code LUQ for 20% off your purchase and free shipping by going to manscaped.com today. You'll love these products. LUQDs assemble! Hi everyone, Law here to bring you a fresh slice of mid-roll. I just left the cool in the windowsill. Mmm, still warm. You know what I love? Our fans, our listeners, our supporters. Every one of you help us keep the dream alive of making LUQ grow, evolve, and become a full-time job for me and Zach. Anyone who listens helps us out a lot, but even more so those who recommend it to friends, coworkers, family, or foes. Leaving a review is huge. Those things add up really fast. But I can't thank anyone more than our patrons. Our featured legendary mid-roll team for the week is the Ceaseless Horde, with Dave Mladenoff, Daniel Pickens-Jones, Patch Perryman, and Jeff Ammons. If you want to join our Patreon and get access to all the great bonus content, visit theluq.com for all the links you need for social media and more. Join the Patreon and get access to all kinds of rewards for different tiers, like music and sound files from the show, D&D content from maps to monster stat blocks, and character sheets for the heroes, with so much more. If you like the meta segments in the show with other teams, those are characters written by Patreon members of the Battle Axis. You can join them and become part of the story. If you want to advertise with the show during the mid-roll or send out a personal message, contact admin at slapdashstudios.com for more info. As always, the P.O. Box is 230091 Tigard, Oregon, 97281. Special heads up to cuties in the Pacific Northwest. LUQ is coming to Rose City Comic Con. Sunday, September 12th at 11.45 a.m., we'll be bringing you the League of Ultimate Questing live, where we'll play a game of LUQ on stage live in real time, featuring the LUQ Season 2 team. More info and updates to come. If you like watching Twitch streams and Let's Plays as much as me, you can find our stuff at twitch.tv forward slash slapdash streams. We have live listening parties for the new episodes Monday nights, me and Zach have a cooperative Pokemon Soul Link Nuzlocke on Wednesdays, and so much more during the week. Looks like Zach is currently going through all of the Resident Evil games, so if that sounds like fun, follow us so you can be updated when we go live. Hope to see you all on social media or in the Twitch chat Monday nights for the premiere. But that's enough out of me, let's get you back to the Battle Axis. Pauldrons, great for protecting your shoulders. Greaves, keeps your calves nice and safe. Gorget, is perfect way to protect your neck. So many body parts, so many ways to defend them. But what about your vital back meats? Sure, some armor can cover your arse here and there, but there's never been a kind of armor specifically designed to shield your dumper from foes. Now you can protect your rump roast from being flanked with hind blocker. Reinforced folded steel, durable leather straps, soft silk padded to cradle your chair cake like a lover's embrace, and keep your keister safe from unwanted cuts, bludgeons, or penetrations. Hindblock, the ass guardian. We've got your back. 
There you stand, fresh with ideas for your interpersonal combat and your tactics, bolstered by your training and left to your own devices. I feel very united in our strategic mind, but I must be honest with all of you, I'm still very confused as to where I should put my focus. It would seem as we continue and I gather information and learn more about my own gifts, more and more tricks will go up my sleeves. But what kind should I look for? I didn't know if Fidian was going to attack us. Otherwise, I would have sort of had a better opportunity to talk to you all about his team. Ophidian's team rides too heavily on him by himself. Uh, I watched their five-star mission. It's it's the Ophidian show. The cleric buffs him. The bard buffs him. The um, the the tank guy. Uh, what's his name? Gong. Yeah, that's the one. Gong can silence with his shield. If we fight him again, Penny, Ayavos, you should be careful about that. If you stand too close and you have verbal components, I don't think they work. I think we're good enough. I don't think we need to try and focus all of our power onto somebody like me. I'm better holding things off than I am attacking. That was my mistake in the last fight. Well, I think it was very forward-thinking of you to do some research on the side. I knew we'd go toe-to-toe with Ophidian eventually. I didn't expect it to be quite so soon, but I knew it was going to come up at some point. I'd never even met the man. Yeah, well... Off on the wrong foot, I suppose. It's... he's a... He is playing a part. A villain. I think he's trying to ride our coattails, honestly. I think he knows that we're drawing more eyes than his team would. And he knows that by setting himself up as our rival, it's going to make him more important than he otherwise would be. He wanted to be on our team. That makes a terrible kind of sense. So the real question is, do we want to be the heroes to his villain? And that means that I took the slot that he was interested in. Very much so. Surprised he wasn't a little more salty towards yours truly. He does seem quite the tool, though, yes. Yeah. (laughs) Well, if it's the Ophidian show, then perhaps we should focus all of our attention on him and cut the head off the chicken so the body runs around like a fool. That's what they're designed for. They... The goal is to try and tie us up with Ophidian and Gong. It's it's why I tried to attack the Bard. It was a bad move. I should have gone for the Cleric. He was closer. It would have given me a better chance to protect Penny. But how can we keep him from doing that big attack in the future? Well, you did a very good job of tying him up. I did not realize that that spell I was going to use would awaken him from your ensorcelment. That's my bad. Oopsie poopsie. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm... I'm fairly good at concentrating on my magic, but when they are hurt, it can... The sensation of pain can overwhelm the experience. I don't know if we can prevent him from making the attack, honestly. I don't think he was lying, though. I think he meant it for me, and I just fecked off. And he only had you left as a target. Hmm. Well, what other strategies can we use against a group such as that? That's why we're here. Well... Let me share with you what I learned. And Penny is going to poke around at some runes and re-summon all the illusions of all the people that were there in that fight and fiddles around a bit more till she can manage to shrink them down and she starts moving them around like figures on a board and explaining all of the different scenarios that she went through. Looking at it, this kind of game makes it seem quite small and minuscule, doesn't it? (laughs) 
Yes, and it's certainly not as simple as this grid that's here, but you can imagine how that might translate into real life. I'll use my imagination, I suppose. This is a gross oversimplification of combat. (laughs) (laughs) Perhaps to simulate the chances of success, we should use dice, cards. (laughs) It's always dice and cards with you, Gaspar. (laughs) I think this is a very good thing you've been practicing, Penny. And it's true, if any of those attacks had come at me or even Gaspar, we probably would have been laid low quickly. I am quite aware of how vulnerable I am. That is why I move about. I don't think I can move quite as quickly as you. I rely on my magic to protect me. And there are new spells that I've been hearing about in my dreams, one of which in particular seems quite good at hurling objects at an amazing amount of force. (laughs) Uh, How durable is that head of yours? It is still flesh and bone. Understood. I wasn't sure if it had some sort of magical regenerative capability since it is dead. The magic does prevent it from decaying. One thing that I would like to say, though, um, I think you can trust me with my sword and shield more. I've been practicing every day since since we went to air. I'm sure my magic seems quite a mystery to all of you, as it is to me as well, but since I've been put into this place and playing at these war games with you three, who I've become quite fond of, I'm currently putting my energy into uh, controlling the arcane side of my magic gaining more powerful spells to lay low our enemies before they can harm you. This seems like the right choice, but something that I am slow to process. I'll do my best. With the help of the senses of the Vries and the coaching of Pug, my accuracy has increased significantly. If we played that fight again, there is a great chance that I could have taken down that bard instantly. Yes, definitely. I... Don't always profess to understand a great many things, but my conversations with Pug were very illuminating. I feel much more rounded when it comes to strategy and other such tasks. What happens is I dedicate a lot of resources, mainly your safety, for these opportunities to deal a great amount of pain to the enemies. But if I miss, it is a loss our team cannot afford. I think that's something you can help with, Penny. What do you mean? Gaspar landing his attacks. You can give him that little boost, yeah? Well, Yavos and Penny have helped in the past. But even then, I have missed some very crucial hits. My attacks aren't quite as important as my positioning. I can keep enemies off the wrist of you. Well, in that case, Gaspar, what is your favorite inspirational song? I am quite partial to line drumming, actually. (laughs) I think I can work with that. Pug made a pretty good point when we were talking. I'm thinking too much. All my coaches before Pug, they tended to emphasize training and discipline. Pug's telling me to trust my instincts, and uh, I think I'm going to do that. The few times I've really cut loose on the battlefield against the uh, that that handsy that handsy thing uh, against the the gods uh, the mouthy god. Yes, Uncle Big Hands and the Cloud Squid. We know. <laughs> We've fought some really fucked up stuff, haven't we? <laughs> uh, 
I seem to do a little better when I don't think about it as much. I know I started as a peloton, but uh, I think I'm going to stick with this more uh, barbaristic approach for a bit. Uh, I can put myself in a more reckless position in order to land a hit, uh, something I wish I could have done to hit the cleric in that last fight. And I almost really, my instincts are pretty good. I can dodge. I think if you if you throw something that I need to use my dexterity to avoid, I can get out of the way pretty quick. Uh, due to your divine heritage, is there any kind of magic in particular that's less effective on you? Yeah, yeah, that's another thing, actually. Uh, Ophidian and I both, we're awesome all. Uh, we're celestial, radiant damage, and necrotic are both not really going to hurt us that bad. If you need to hit me with something, feel free to hit me with either. I as well can resist the necrotic powers. Then perhaps if the two of you are shoulder to shoulder in a combat, I won't shy away from transmuting my magic into a necrotic energy. Did I see that right? You burned somebody's mind? Uh, Yes. Uh, One of the gifts my sister told me from an ancient book was how to change the elements of some kind of magic into others, as well as targeting the weaknesses of your enemy instead of their strengths. I know I didn't make a good show of it today, but I naturally resist all magics. This is very good information. I'm so glad the three of you are on my team. You're so very skilled. I'm learning so much. Me here, in this place of all places, learning from the likes of you. Yeah, well, I'll be honest. You've, you don't have the full complement of skills I would have expected in a teammate. But uh, you're a hell of a lot smarter than I am, Avos. And I'm glad you're around, because honestly, I don't think I'd have got through a couple of these quests without your brains. It's very kind, Hal. Yeah, I'm very dumb. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, well, what do you say we all kick back with some ears and beers? (laughs) My treat! Penny looks very excited. I can't say no to that. Both are very fragrant. (laughs) You make your way out of the... Gym, they're called gyms. The dojo. Beers. Ears and beers. Ears and beers. You make your way slowly, but with intent, to the nearest watering hole, which is in fact one of the strategically placed bars that you've been to already. The same one you visited when waiting for the results of the draft. There, standing behind this bar, is the strange cat person who you saw earlier. Is he latex clad? He is fully dressed for work. Fishnets. I'm glad that's not my bartending outfit. <laughs> <laughs> it's you. It's such a pleasure to see you again. I would like to order a round of ears and beers for my friends. I don't have ears. I have food. Uh, of the elephant variety. Okay. Uh, fair dough, fried with sugar. Oh, yes. That's doable. And, and for drinks? I'll take a beer. Yes, I I can get you beers. Yes, whatever you think goes good. And it's very fine to see you too, sir. I don't think we ever got your name. No, you didn't. He walks away. I need some kind of nickname for him, I suppose. (laughs) Meow. Sometime later, he comes back with a plate full of fried sugary dough and a kind of hazier IPA that has a nice bitter that contrasts the very... Uh, sweet notes of your elephant ears. I peel off a little bit, dip it into the beer, put it in the Varese's head. (laughs) The flavor doesn't really mean anything to you, but the smell is potent. I I just remember the Varese eat very kind of bland food, don't Mm -hmm. they? 
And blood. Yeah. Well, while Law's not into it, I'm sure a hazy IPA is perfect for Iavos. I was thinking sour to go with sweet. Yeah, totally. If it's cold and it's beer, how's into it? <laughs> Penny would love a honey ale. <sighs> Long day, right? <laughs> oh, yes. I. It feels much longer than it was, I guess. I mean, not long ago, someone was trying to kill us. It seemed like days ago now. Maybe even a whole week. That brings up something I have been trying to mention. When I am here in Hub, I don't feel like I can die. Is that so? They have so much supervision. The clerics on call. There are perhaps greater ways of destruction. Those are to be feared. Being swallowed by a leviathan, perhaps. But an attack on the streets in the market? That felt like a day's work. Like we were putting on a show. It did not feel like any permanent consequence was at play. I don't think we are immune to death here, but it may not last long. True. He will escalate from here. But let us not make these assumptions. Perhaps people with more infamy than us could get brought back to life by the aura, but we are still bottom feeders in this game of blood sport. We're not quite bottom feeders, Iavos. We are the commissioner's team, and we're the commissioner's only team. We're in a pretty privileged position here. Um, I don't think that death would be quite permanent, but it might put us rather behind in our advances. We don't have enough glory. I don't think we can even afford the glory to bring someone back from the dead without uh, incurring a bit of dit. Yes, that's what I meant. Uh, the higher teams seem to have more resources for such things. We couldn't afford it in our wildest dreams. Well, we're certainly not bottom feeders. She raises her glass to gold dragon. To gold dragon? To gold dragon, yes. Gold dragon. Oh, that reminds me. I almost forgot. And Penny starts digging through her things. And she pulls out a small parcel wrapped in tissue paper and stamped with a logo that's clearly from the market. She puts it in the middle of the table and tears it open. And what you all see are four identical friendship bracelets. (laughs) Woven with strands of gold and yellow and white and bearing a charm of a gold dragon. And what effect does this have? When you put on the bracelet... What washes over you is a subtle but insistent feeling that you are loved. And Penny will explain, it's a little bit of what I feel from you when I'm not wearing one of those bracelets. I wanted you to experience it as well. Penny, this is so thoughtful. I've never felt like this before. You've never felt the love of a friend. My childhood was fucked up. Uh, most of my friends on mom's plane uh, were sort of warrior types. You form a sort of attachment to people you fight with, but not. It's not the same. Uh, my coaches were hard on me. My parents were hard on me. And. As Hal kind of breaks his chain of thought and looks up, suddenly 
Penelope is hugging him hard. (laughs) You are getting stronger. I'm proud of you. I hug back stronger. (laughs) I am so glad that I am here with all of you. I love you all so much. Growing up, there was just the five of us. Six, including me. Uh, All I've ever known are lots of love, but it was all from my brother, my sister, father and mother, and of course, child the third. This friendship love, it's just as nourishing. I'd forgotten what it felt like. Truly magic. That is very similar to my experience. My mama loved me, loves me very much, but... She never really had enough time for me. I'm not I'm not even sure she knows that I've left yet. I wasn't supposed to, but it's mostly me and my brothers and sisters. She she made them to keep me company. But I was still kind of lonely. I realize that now. Hmm. Yes, I have found that even in the most desperate and worst of times, there is always the possibility and opportunities and appreciation of friendship and love. Or so I have been told. (sighs) Gaspar's words hang heavy over the room for a moment. You drink the rest of your beers in comfortable, if somewhat somber, silence. And eventually, you all decide to leave. Thanks for... Thanks for that, Iavos. It's been really nice, actually. Uh, well, thanks for covering that for everyone. Uh, don't worry about the tip. I've got it. You guys get going. Very well. Hal, just remember, small pieces of food are not worth three gold here. <laughs> You're not in the bazaar anymore. Yeah, yeah. I've got it. They all leave you behind. Hal watches them walk, turns, draws a line through the tip, removes a golden ring from his finger, sets it down, and as he walks away, his natural light catches an inscription on the inside. Protection 1. Dirk! What? Can you hear me, Dirk? What? Yeah, I can hear you, Russ. And the brass section you brought in with you. Thank the gods. Where am I? Aura Intensive Care. I could use some intensive care. Kyrian Morrow in the Raptor's Lament found you. Where was I? Inside of an artifact. How's that? It's a ceremonial dagger which contains a being of pure despair. But when it draws a person's blood, they become part of the being within. What's shocking is that you resisted its influence as long as you had. The League Artificers said that it would have taken a man of considerable optimism and warmth to withstand the draw of the creature within. That's me, the enthusiasm nozzle on the faucet of life. How did I get a hold of the darkness dagger of the nasty man? They assumed you bought it, but couldn't track down the seller. Oh yeah, I remember. I bought it from some guy in a place. Ah, can't remember. Next thing I know, I was playing with my cool knife, and I think I slipped. (sighs) Dirk, you have to be more careful. Artifacts are not to be taken lightly. Items that endure through... (sighs) You know what? You don't need a lecture right now. I'll let you rest. No. 
I mean, please, hit, hit me. Give, give me the skinny on the danger of artifacts. How about I just tell you what's been happening while you were out? That sounds rad. Silver Song attacked Gold Dragon. What? No way. Way. Ophidian took out Penny with a souped-up channel divinity. I thought Smite only worked on fiends and undead. Apparently, he's got it out for the Fae. Aspen filled in for you. Was, uh... Was he good? Eh, he was all right. <laughs> what percentage tip is that? <laughs> oh my god, that's so fucking good. That's like a 4,000% tip. It's a very big tip. Yeah. My heart. Oh, Sex Cat has a plus one AC now. Yeah. <laughs> Always use protection. That's I can't. I'm so touched. Very good. Dude, just like there's such a warm from that one. That was so good. Mm. All right. I like uh, those feelings. So who's the MVP on this one? The AC unit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Let's all let's all hear it for Tosot, the silent, the relatively silent AC. I yeah. shopped around hard to find one that yeah. was quiet. And it's, this one's pretty fucking quiet. It is pretty quiet. It's it's what was it, 115 degrees today? Something like yes. that. It's still cool enough in here that me and my t-shirt and shorts is ever so slightly chilly yeah yeah y'all don't don't get a sweater for a second for those of you in in canada or other like sensible countries uh, (laughs) that's 46 degrees celsius here today in portland yeah it's pretty bad it's hot so i'm i'm throwing mvp to the ac unit today yeah it saved our asses today (laughs) uh what about uh play of the game the tip tip tip. it's gotta be the tip Oh, I'm so especially I'm so since touched. you crossed out the tip at the start, so that was you brought it real low, <laughs> and then you gave the golden ring. shot out like that's contrast right there, right? I love and it. It's industry knowledge. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> always tip cash if you can. Angel, you want to lead us out? Sure thing. Thank you for listening to this episode of the League of Ultimate Questing. May I introduce the voices? First of all, we have. I'm Michael Loving. I play Halifan Orison Jr., the now level two paladin, level two barbarian who mm. just broke your hearts. <laughs> I'm Angelo Kaluag. I play Gaspar, the level four rogue. He is headless and he is a phantom. I'm Dana Ebert over here tearing up in a corner. <laughs> I play Penelope Farthing, the level two bard, level two fey warlock. I law. I play Ayavos Isadora, witness to the withering acre. Level three wizard, level one cleric. Nice. And I am Zach Barkus, dungeon master, not quite extraordinary, dungeon master adequate, and uh, producer and technical director for Slapdash Studios. I also want to thank Hediger the editor for editing this episode, and Bree Golden for her work on our maps. What about dungeon director? Ooh, Ooh, dungeon director. What about dungeon friend? Dungeon. <laughs> I kind of like dungeon administrator. I Dun- like dungeon boy. I think it's awesome. Just, I would, I would say dungeon me. daddy, but that's a different no, dungeon thing. uncle. Maybe dungeon he was a dungeon boy. I just want. I'm going to make a shirt soon that just says dungeon boy. <laughs> I think that's <laughs> I very like good. Dungeon merch. boy a lot. If you want any information about the League of Ultimate Questing, please go to theluq.com. Mm. You can find links, all the information there. You know what I do? I just go to a search engine, put the League of Ultimate Questing, or just 
L-U-Q. Well, if you put an L-U-Q, you get well, left upper quadrant, which uh, is a type of pain that doctors look for. But Teach me to, teach me <laughs> to <true>. Google, Angelo. <laughs> Google yeah. me like one of your French girls. I do think, I do think hashtag L-U-Q usually gets us gets you our show I believe on it. social media. Yeah. I don't think there are a lot of doctors out there hashtagging left quadrant pain. Or our show is fucking up a lot of doctors. Yeah. Yes, right? yes. Mm, Throughout my no. shoulder, hashtag Or they're looking it up and being like, this is a good fucking show. <laughs> oh. But yeah. If you're a doctor, please join the Patreon. I was looking for splenic exactly. injury, but hey, I found this great podcast. Join any of our communities. Mm-hmm. Discord. We're on there. We chat. I'll emote your message. <laughs> Me less sometimes. so lately. <laughs> there are brand new penny emotes on the yeah, Discord. There are. That's true. Which Dude, by the time this airs, they'll have been there for a while. But they're very cute they're and you can use them. One of them has a cinnamon bun, which at this point is kind of sad it's not an elephant ear. But yeah. <laughs> hindsight. You know what? Probably our best quality yeah. about that Discord server. Mm. No spoilers. Yeah. I, I don't join a lot of other social media stuff because people like to spoil things for me. I don't watch trailers for movies at all. Mm-hmm. I don't want to see anything about something I know I'm already going to consume. That doesn't happen on the Discord server. Even if they rarely slip through, people are quick about spotting them and then putting them in the right place and blocking bar- them off. Yep. Also, no toxicity. Yeah. For now. Yeah. We're hey. right. <laughs> and we're, don't you put that evil on and us. We're going to do what we can to actively and violently reject it when it yes. eventually tries to re We have a bunch of very good moderators, and mm-hmm. we've thankfully never had to use them. You hear that, Izzy? You're a bunch of very good moderators. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sh- I'm trying Shout to make our, our all... show sound big. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It, I just had to call out Izzy for that one. There oh, will, no, Izzy's wonderful. <laughs> there will come a time when that is accurate. <laughs> Where Izzy becomes more than one person? No, where we do actually have a bunch of moderators. Because remember, this outro will be here forever. No, okay. I'm, I'm hoping Izzy becomes more than one person, really putting work on that they pronoun. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> one thousand percent. If anyone in that Discord was a secret plural, it would be Izzy. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Fair. Safe, safe call. <laughs> All right. Well, at any moment you decide to join our social media or any other ones, I wish you luck. <laughs> <laughs>